Tom Savage of Three Red Kings. Tom, the return of the Six Nations in its kind of completion of of, uh, of the earlier rounds of the competition and uh, Ireland getting back to winning ways with a 50 points to 17 demolition of Italy and some fine tries to boot. Some lovely tries. Uh, I think that Peter Romani score is one that will be in the highlight packages for a while, to, uh, a few years yet to come. Um, but yeah, good performance overall. Um You'd wonder about the quality of Italy um, and what kind of context that puts on the scoreline and the result. But as a first hit out after being, you know, away for the guts of what, eight or nine months since the lockdown, uh, pretty good performance and some uh, good individual performances as well. Yeah, and Tom, I suppose, look, the, the injury to Gary Ringrose is probably the biggest downer of the of the entire game. But what did you see from Ireland Um that you thought, okay, if we can implement a little bit more of this against France next week, we'll be okay. And on the flip side, uh, parts of Ireland's game that you might have identified as as possible problems if if we turn up with the same uh, shape against France. Yeah, um, well, look, we, we did quite well on the game line against Italy. Uh, and our overall structure that we've been using, which is kind of like a, I'm calling it a 3-2-X system because... You, uh, you you will see three forwards carrying the ball off nine. You will see two guys in midfield, usually off ten, and then one or two players in the wide channels uh, forwards in the in the wide channel with the backs arranged around them. We've been using that uh, structure now, I'd say, for well since Mike Cass uh, started um, his his reign as, as as Ireland's attack coach. So uh, w- you know we we ran this against Wales earlier in the Six Nations and looked quite good. Didn't really work out away against uh, England. We we lost a lot of game line that day. We we, we had a tough time moving the ball around. Uh, this game, it it look. I, I think we moved the ball quite well. A lot of fellas stepping in as handlers. Uh, our work on the game line looked quite good for the most part. But it was against a fairly callow and inexperienced Italian side. Uh, that will not be the case against France. So some of our accuracy was what I, I thought it was quite good. Some of our shapes looked good. We we kicked the ball a lot. Not through the box kick, uh, as you'd normally expect to see. I think we may see a little bit more of that next week. But uh, I, I thought that, you know, for the most part, Ireland did well. But again, my, my wonder would be, physically, how are we going to handle a very big uh, and, and a very physically strong French side next week in France? Uh, how will we impose ourselves on them uh, from a physical point of view? You know any kind of structure, any any kind of shape or, or game plan. You you have to win a collision. You have to win the game line somewhere. They've got a lot of strength everywhere, and uh, you know it, it. Like you look at the team we're likely going to select. You know more than likely going to see Henshaw starting outside Aki. Uh, you know you're going to more than likely have the same back row. It's going to need a big performance. Uh, you know from James Ryan, who I thought had a quite enough game last week, um, or, or at, at the weekend. Need a big game from him. Uh, it's going to be a a, a, a really, uh, I suppose, important game for Ireland, which is a you know kind of obvious because the Six Nations is on the line. There's a lot of prize money on the line too, but you know this will be a big challenge now to see how Ireland will respond after a similar big game away to Twickenham ended so disappointingly. Uh, in that game, there was a number of issues. You know, our ball carrying, our our backfield arrangement, the same sort of of, of pressure will be under. Ireland will be under in this game against a, a very good French side who look radically transformed from what we've known of France before. So that's going to be very difficult, um, you know. But again, I think you know we, we, when you look at guys like CJ Stander, Tyke Byrne, how well they played, 
the breakdown is going to be a huge part of that game. But, you know, for just looking at this game, Ireland did what you'd expect. They'll be disappointed they didn't score more tries because I think they certainly left a few scores out there. Um, and I think they'll be disappointed with the amount of possession they kicked straight back to, to Italy because uh, Italy hung onto the ball relatively well. Um, you know, they didn't get a whole lot of effective possession as in they weren't stressing Ireland, you know, on their face play, but they hung onto the ball and it prevented Ireland from attacking in those moments. So that's something I think that'll be worth, um, you know, our, our, our kicking tactics and our exiting tactics will be much different, I'd, I would say, against France. But overall, you know, a fairly strong performance, you know, healthy enough scoreline. At the end of the day, you, you, you look at it and you just go... You, you beat whoever was put in front of you and move on to the next week. So it was pretty good from that perspective. Uh, impressed with the uh, some of the new boys? Yeah, I, th- I thought Will Connors had a very strong game. What I was looking from him was to see if he could fill in the, I suppose, the Omani role, which is a kind of a misunderstood by that, uh, role by a lot of people where you're not expecting them really to carry a lot of ball. Now, we, we did end up with a, with a fair few phases uh, uh, and a lot of width against this Italian side. When Peter Romani was in the field, he had a, had a fair few interactions with the ball as well. Will Connors is a different type of player, where Peter Romani is a guy who will focus on offensive breakdown, carrying in the wider areas, and mainly focusing on the line-out, offensively and defensively, and then mall defense and, and, and offense. Will Connors he structures his game a little bit differently where he will work. He had a really good game at the offensive breakdown. I thought he moved the ball and passed the ball quite well in the wider areas. Um, he's not, he's not a line forward, but uh, his defensive work was very, very strong. That's where he excels. He had something like 20 tackles. Um, Ty Byrne was right up there as well, but Will Connors tackle technique. So good. Like he, he's such a good chop tackler, low tackler, so he's a guy who he'll make 20 tackles a game, but he's not going to give away stupid penalties. Like you see some fellas who are like they'll impose themselves physically on a game. They're big hitters, but a, a, a one miscalculation and they're off the field for 10 minutes or maybe maybe even having a red card. Will Connors tackles low, legally, and is constantly effective. I thought he had a very, very good game here for his debut. Uh, scored a try as well. Looked really good and he would you know broadly deserve uh, another start next week against France. Yeah, the start against France, I suppose. And look, we we, we kind of we know the situation that we're in and what we have to do to beat France, and it is going to be a very very tall order to beat France. And then we'll also be relying on uh, on England's result against the Italians in in Italy. Um, I think our points difference is plus thirty eight at the moment. England's pl- England plus fifteen, France plus thirteen. Um, so look, if we get a bonus point win away in France, then we can't be caught. The likelihood of that, Tom, I would put between slim and none. But uh, even if we, let's say, even if we beat France by 10 points, which would be a fantastic result, it takes us out to a points difference of 48, which leaves the, I think it leaves it at 32 of a difference between ourselves, sorry, 33 of a difference between ourselves and England. I can see England putting more than 33 points of a gap on, on the Italians. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it's certainly possible that we run up uh, a few early scores against France and they start to jack it in. That's a possibility. Um, that, so you might end up with a bonus point win that way. It's certainly a potential. It's not completely out of the order. Very, you know, it's a slim enough chance you'd, you'd imagine. But, uh, with it, it, you know, if it comes down to England versus Italy, you know, you look at Italy being at home, 
Uh, England, of course, having a game last weekend that they, they were looking to use as a warm-up. That, that didn't happen now for obvious reasons. So they may be coming into this a little bit cold, a little bit rusty. But at the same time, Italy are plainly at the moment in a, in a rebuilding phase. So they are, um, you know, they're in a vulnerable position. England will come strong. They know a big win will put them in position to win this, like this this year's Six Nations, which, you know, you look at the prize money at stake. I think it's something like 6.6 million euro. You know, all the unions could use that. So it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a, 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 a big weekend. Ireland certainly not out of it. You know, like obviously we're, we're ahead going into the last round. It's a huge challenge, a big ask to win away in France. But Ireland have done it before. And, you know, if Ireland could possibly sneak a bonus point win, which, again, you look at that and go, not completely outlandish, especially if France, as historically, not necessarily this season, but historically, they, they have shown a bit of mental brittle uh, 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 brittleness at times. So we will see how that goes. But uh, it's one of those ones where, in some ways, it's all in our own hands. But at the same time, a lot of it will probably still ride on what happens in Rome. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, but I think Ireland will go in confident that they can go to France front up physically and use their structure that they've brought and that they've been trying to bring through all season and look to try and get a result. I suppose, look, it, again, like we said, very, very tall order. Um, but uh, if we can finish the Six Nations championship with four wins from five it's not a, it's not a bad outing considering the the quality of the team we lost uh, in Twickenham earlier this year well not at all look uh I, I think that you know Ireland coming into this tournament we're coming in at a, at a relatively low ebb um especially after the World Cup performance even just 2019 in general was not a good year for Ireland uh but again you look at the way that you know the, the results against Wales Scotland were good that performance away to Italy was a bit or to England rather was a bit of a, an aberration but if they can put up a decent performance in France, look, they they may not, you know, they, they may not come out on the right side of whatever, you know, uh, point accumulation or whatever needs to happen to win. But a good performance would at least have them coming away with a lot of positivity going into the uh, Autumn Nations Cup, which is coming up, you know, very soon after this Six Nations, this restart of Six Nations is finished. So th- th- there's a lot to take from it. But I think that, you know, they're they're shooting for this win. They know that they have certainly got the potential and they're right in position to go and win this tournament and, uh, you know, to, to go away and win in France is always a fantastic thing for any Irish team to do. So they'll be looking at that and going in there with a lot of enthusiasm to go in there and, and bringing a lot of energy over there to see if they can come away with, you know, a, a very big win, which, which would be huge for this group. Yeah, certainly would. Uh, and let's hope they can get the job done. Uh, Tom, going uh, or moving on rather to last night's um Monday night thriller uh, between Munster and the Cardiff Blues. 38 points to 27. If every Monday night rugby game is like that, Tom, it would be uh, it would be something to look forward to. Uh, look, I know sometimes we can get bogged down in the analysis and, and, and uh, the, you know, over-analyzing the game nearly or analyzing to the nth degree, but my God, that was enjoyable to watch that last night. Oh, it was. It was an enjoyable game. Like, you know, I agree with you there completely. Like, sometimes you can kind of look into the technical bits of this game. I have been for most of today from from my reviews and stuff like that. But just as an actual game to watch, so enjoyable. So, like, as in just a lot of attacking rugby. I mean, look, there's some bang average defense as well. But, like, you look at the way, like, that, that Cardiff came into this game with the best defensive record in the league. And still, 
Munster had him on skates for a large part of this game. They played with a lot of pace, a lot of adventure. There was a lot of like offloading. And look, it was a it was a hugely enjoyable game. That like that that final score by JJ Hanron was a good enough score to win any class of a game. But yeah, look, I, I, it was hugely enjoyable, and I think like for a first Monday night rugby, they'll be thrilled. Yeah, they certainly will, and I know you mentioned that uh, nobody's going to be pinning up the defensive performance on the on on the coaching wall uh, as something to 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 be proud of. And at parts and and in parts, it was it was quite poor. Some of the tackling just seemed seeming to fall off tackles in midfield, uh, and giving Cardiff uh, soft scores. But um, if you look at the table now, Tom, three wins from three, uh, they've beaten an Edinburgh side who were who who they lost last year and, and, and a loss that kind of put them into that third place spot or that second place spot again so look they're getting important wins early in this competition oh yeah look i mean to beat scarlets in the opening day of the season away from home was a fantastic result especially look with the 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 the, the difficult conditions on the day to, to come away with the win as, as we, we, we've been over was fantastic. Beating Edinburgh at home when they came as strong as they did uh, was another fantastic result. This week, against the team who had won their previous two games, were top of the conference, was made the first two results even better because it, it gave Munster a, 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 a little buffer at the top of the league. I think it's around, what, around four points. And they're going away to Dragons this weekend. If they can back up these three wins with another win, that would make a fabulous start to the season where you look to try and build as much momentum early on as you can, especially during the test window part of the, of the Pro 14, which we know it's been so important in the winning of this tournament with regards to your final positioning. We've been unlucky the last two seasons in that, uh, you know, we had Glasgow Warriors on an absolute tear in the first half of the season two years ago. They ended up top in the conference. You look at uh, last year losing out to Edinburgh, uh, you know, in that game in Musgrave Park where we were looking on at it. Um, unlucky this year to have beaten Scarlets, beaten Edinburgh, beaten Cardiff, who were top of the conference when they arrived. Fantastic stuff. And it gives Munster a huge bounce now, if they can continue with the good momentum, because look, you, you could look at the, the, the game away to, to Scarlets, a very imperfect performance, I think, to say the least, in difficult conditions, yes, but lots of stuff to work on. The game against Edinburgh, they came as strong as they did. And yes, look, you, you get the impression that the Arses after falling out of Edinburgh a small bit, but for Munster to win that game in the last 10 minutes as they did, they'll take, they, like, they obviously took huge confidence from that. This was a different performance altogether where... The attacking work, the attacking coherence and structure was so impressive and, and entertaining and effective. They'll take more from that again. And going in next week now to Dragons, if they can back that up with another away win over in Wales, you know, they'll be in pole position then straight away for, for the rest of the season. And you would imagine that they will be able to go there and with all due respects to the Dragons, you'd imagine that they will be able to go there and get that win. Um, look, as well, Tom, I suppose... You know the the fact that we still kind of hark back to to the RG's name and injury. The fact that we're without that, what what would have been a huge part of our attacking game plan and, and our our physicality this year. But we've kind of we've kind of gotten over it now. And I I think the three wins at the start of the season. It's just it's it's kind of ha we're seeing a monster team that seem to have a a bit of I don't know. It's just a little bit different. Seem to have a bit of their old confidence back, or just looks like to be playing with a slight bit more swagger than they were in previous seasons. Oh yeah, look, 
And I think a lot of that is to do with young players coming in and, and, and driving it on. You know, Healy and Casey have been fantastic. Um, Gavin Coombs has been an absolute superstar for the first three games of this, of this uh, restarted Pro 14. His performance last night was something else like, you know, winning, getting over the gain line, passing so effectively, scoring two tries, could have had a third. Look, he had a fab- fabulous game. Same with John Hodnett. The young fellas are coming in and really, really pushing it on. And you love to see that. And it, and it gives you that energy. It gives you that, I suppose, it, it kind of it keeps everybody fresh. And even Gavin Coombs, he was being interviewed after the game. I think it was on Munster's official site where he just spoke about how Alex Kendellen is after coming into the academy. And he's driving everybody on in the academy as well, or like in, in the squad, because they're all training together now as a unit. Um, that's hugely impressive. And it's what you want to hear. Like you talk about, you know, winning rugby or attractive rugby. If you can get attractive rugby and winning rugby, that's the best place to be, you know, because positive results is in, as long as you have positive results, everything is fine. Like the thing is, it, like it goes on about it's a cliche, but it's a results orientated game, especially if you're a head coach and especially if you're, you know, uh, young players looking to develop. While if you throw on a whole load of young players, nobody would go, well, look, this guy needs to go because you'd, you'd expect you know, young players come in, there's going to be a bit of fluctuation in results, you would say. But Munster this year, they've brought in the young lads and results have not, they've, they've not gone bad. Results have been very good. And these guys have looked so effective and so at home at this level. And there's been a lot of criticism came Johan van Kron's way, especially after that, uh, that, that, that semi-final defeat to Leinster. But you look at the way that Munster have started this Pro 14 season. About as difficult a schedule as you could get based on first the quality of the opposition that you would imagine before preseason. Then you look at the form opponent in the conference to win all three of those games was hugely impressive. And Johan van Horn should take a lot of credit for the way that Munster have come in and started the start of this season. Young fellas have come in and I think it was always the way. You see a guy like Johan van Horn, you look at the, 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 the build up last year, how it was an incredibly segmented season where there was a starting third where a lot of young fellas got their shot, a middle third where Munster had the most difficult Champions Cup group in the tournament, I would say, and especially you look at two semi-finalists in it and, and, and one finalist, um, you would look at that and go uh, that a lot of the senior guys coming back from the World Cup had to go straight back in. This is all in the uh, landscape where there was new coaches coming in, coming in late into the season. Now, this year, with a bit of space, a bit of time, all of a sudden Munster are starting to look Really, really good from an offensive perspective. And and even when they're not playing well in that first game against Scarlet, still picking up the results with young players playing a huge part in the win. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, Johan van Rohn took a lot of criticism for. And, you know, no surprise to see that the praise isn't as quick to come from the people who are very quick to criticise. So, look, I, I think he'll be delighted with the start of the season. But like they'll be saying now, the defensive stuff from last night will need to change. Some of the individual defensive work there was that that was very poor. Going away to Dragons, look, they'll be without some of their top internationals. But you would look at that and go, you know, Munster have to go over there now and look to try and back up the win they got this past weekend and to take the momentum in there because it's not a place you can turn up and just expect to win. And Johan van Horn is a guy, he's not going to be thrown off by media criticism or whatever else. Himself, Larkham, Roundtree, uh, you know, even, even Murray, these guys know what they're about and they've got a very a very set plan this year to bring rotate in those young guys, give them exposure. The whole squad's going to be used. And there's a good buzz around the place at the moment, and long may continue. Yeah, and I know you were on about um, 
people taking credit, but uh, people taking credit, I think, for some of the West Cork Mafia uh, branding uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, Tom, if you could, uh, if uh, TRK could issue copyright strikes, you might have issued a few this week. I'll have to get, I'll have to get my Lionel Hutz onto that. But it was just, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like you kind of started off as an old stupid old thing. And next thing you're seeing it everywhere. And look, I sold a few T-shirts off the back of the exposure. So I'll, I'll be happy enough with it for now. But I'll, I'll be discussing it with my Lionel Hutz to see what more we can do. All right. Well, we all know, Tom, that you're a great man for Hawk and the T-shirts. But you also know a bit about the game. So tell us a little bit more about what's, uh, what you're going to be doing on the, in your Patreon platforms and tiers between now and uh, the selection announcements at the weekend. Yeah, but we've had an, uh, had an uh, well, I say we, I mean, I have had an insanely busy weekend uh, with the red, uh, you know, the match previews and everything else and the match reviews for the Ireland and Munster games. It'll be the same coming up this week. I'll be looking at Munster's performance in, in, in a little bit more detail. Um, I'll be looking at um, the Champions Cup draw, which is coming up tomorrow. Um, and I'll be looking at the, uh, you know, previewing Ireland versus France, Munster versus Dragons, and then reviewing all of those games. Uh, that's all on uh, TRK Premium, which is on patreon.com forward slash Trira Kings for just uh, two euro, five euro or ten euro a month, depending on what flavor of tier you want.